today I'm going to talk about how low dopamine affects and impacts the pregnant and postpartum mothers as a result of high prolactin. In other words, I'm talking about how changes in your prolactin impact your dopamine, producing symptoms that may look like depression. Hello friends, welcome to the Limbic Podcast. Listen to this. Your brain and body comes equipped with their own healing machines. My name is Umu Benjamin and I am a holistic integrator of a nutritional psychiatry nurse practitioner with over 21 years of medical nursing experience and a mind and body preventive health coach. The topic of prolactin within mental health or psychiatry treatments only comes up when, say, if you were in mental health treatment and on an antipsychotics, you will be monitored for potential side effect of that antipsychotics and maybe they may monitor prolactin level. Antipsychotics are a class of drugs used in psychiatry or mental health that works by blocking dopamine effect on the brain. It is assumed that if we block the dopamine that is readily available in your brain, that we may help decrease the symptoms of mood disorder, psychosis, schizophrenia, and any of the other considered abnormal presentation of mental health, including anxiety. It is also believed that the reason that maybe you may experience what will be a mood disorder, psychosis, or hallucination may be due to excess or abundance dopamine within your brain space. Prolactin levels may sometimes go amiss until if you are a female, you present with your breast starting to produce milk discharge. If you are a male, you start to have enlargement of your breast tissue. And that may be some of the reasons why your prolactin levels may now need to be looked into. However, assessing prolactin levels should be considered regarding its impact on the maternal and postpartum mother in treating and managing what is postpartum depression. There are many contributing factors that may predispose a person to postpartum depression. And that can range from interpartner relationship, complex violence, abuse, environmental changes, nutritional changes, sleep changes, and a lot of the different external stressors and even internal inflammation burden. However, one should consider that when it comes to management of postpartum depression, the impact of the maternal response to the influx or increase of prolactin and the decrease of what is the already decreased production of dopamine may predispose the maternal mother to a development of depression. Naturally, Dopamine is blocked by the increase of and production of prolactin in the blood. 
part of pregnancy is an increase in prolactin. And as prolactin increase, prolactin's natural effect on the brain is to inhibit or reduce dopamine. The production of the above normal prolactin normally starts within the first few weeks of pregnancy. It means the maternal mother will begin to experience a change in what is her natural dopamine production and availability during the few weeks of pregnancy. Now, there are other situations that may cause an increase in prolactin level other than pregnancy, and those may include just a biologic change in your estrogen production that can be found in pregnancy or other medical disorders that may cause your reproductive hormones, so estrogen and projection to be increased. Those will have some inhibition on what will become your dopamine production. But there's also certain people that I also have discovered many times in the pediatric population where they will have an elevated prolactin level, and that's due to the fact that body is producing severe levels of prolactin, and it's due to a tumor called prolactinoma. To understand just how prolactin is going to affect the brain and the body, it's important to understand what is the currently known function of prolactin. Prolactin has a lot of documentation of how many functions they have, and right now it's documented to have over 300 plus functions and actions ranging from its function within the reproductive system, the metabolic system, the fluid and electrolyte system, the immune system, having endocrine functions, autocrine functions, and paracrine signaling function. To get you to understand what endocrine, autocrine, and paracrine means, it just means prolactin has the ability to regulate the signaling within the cells outside of the cells and it also has the ability to affect any neighboring structures that are close within vicinity of itself. Some of the functions of prolactin is going to include its function within the reproduction system. Prolactin plays a key role in regulating your reproductive function and that goes for both males and females. In females, prolactin is going to have an increased level during pregnancy as well as breastfeeding to stimulate what becomes milk production. Prolactin, in addition to estradiol and progesterone and placenta, lactogen and insulin and cortisol, all of those combine together to allow the maternal mom to have breast milk production postpartum. Elevating what will be uh, prolactin secretion is going to be responsible for what will be a change in sexual desire for the nursing mother. Prolactin is going to produce symptoms of behaviors that are going to be re relevant to hypoactive sexual desires. And that goes for more for females and males. In males, it is observed in the minority or majority of the clients that were studied that Hyperprolactinemia, which is high levels of prolactin in the blood, were discovered to cause erectile dysfunction. Most women, as well as males, with elevated prolactin levels, 
and any aspect of change in their hypothalamic pituitary function is going to have a decreased lack of sexual desire if they are actually also experiencing what is just prolactin secretions. Another study showed that too much of prolactin or prolactinemia is linked to decreased or low libido, low sex drive, erectile dysfunction, delay ejaculation, and for males and females, it's going to interfere with testosterone production. Prolactin is also known for its many effects on mating and maternal behaviors. It is noted that an elevation of prolactin post-sex or during sex, in other, in other words, when you do have sex, prolactin comes out and that's what allows you to form what will be that sexual intimacy or bonding that does get to occur in conjunction with oxytocin being released. Some of the reason why science shows that by having sexual intimacy with multiple partners or partners may actually lead to you forming an attachment or bonding. And the bonding actually starts as a chemical bonding. The same bonding is noted when the mom gets to kind of bond with her newborn. She's producing a lot of prolactin and a lot of oxytocin and that feeds her brain health. Prolactin plays a role in maintaining homeostasis and balance in the body. And part of the way it supports homeostasis or balance is regulating what is the consistency of internal environment through your immune system, through your osmotic or what we call fluid and electrolyte balance. And also, it functions to create homeostasis in producing your body more vessels or new blood cells, which is called angiogenesis. Blood concentration of prolactin in non-pregnant individuals are highest during sleep, and they are lowest during waking hours. Prolactin secretions is maintained in a constant environment that is independent of sleep. And there's a higher concentration of prolactin found in women versus males or men. The daily release of prolactin is what helps regulate your circadian rhythm through your suprachiasmatic nuclei in the hypothalamus. This is the same function that regulates your melatonin production. It's been noted that having high prolactin levels increase what is the duration and frequency of rapid eye movement sleep, which leads to what becomes your body producing a good amount of prolactin at nighttime and activating REM sleep. A pregnant female, on the other hand, is producing prolactin 24-7 during pregnancy. And during nursing, post delivery she has a burst of that for every time she breastfed or breastfeed and if she does have sexual contact pregnant or not pregnant prolactin gets released after every sexual contact for the pregnant mom this will explain the natural additive and accumulated daytime sleepiness in pregnancy or post-sex or tiredness in pregnancy fatigue in pregnancy However, most pregnant mothers may experience an influx of prolactin and just be unable to afford true daytime rest to combat the insults of prolactin. 
that is raining on them, forcing them to feel sleepy, but being unable to sleep due to the nature of having to balance work, life, pregnancy, raising a family, and even raising a new infant. Prolactin also functions to support your mood. Prolactin has been shown to affect mood and behavior with higher levels of prolactin associated with feelings of relaxation and reduced stress. But higher levels of prolactin is also going to produce the symptoms of lack of motivation due to the fact prolactin is blocking dopamine. While prolactin is produced in prolactin generally is produced in many areas of the brain and the body. However, when prolactin blocks dopamine, it blocks it centrally. It's not blocking at specific regions inside. It blocks it centrally, which means it shuts off what is that dopamine production or reduce what is that dopamine production and availability in the whole system. This means that the pregnant mom and nursing mom will experience what is that global reduction in the level of dopamine. Prolactin is also responsible for bone health. It's been shown to regulate the bone metabolism and it's, it is associated with what will be an increased bone density. Prolactin has been shown to affect metabolism. High levels of prolactin is associated with decreased insulin sensitivity, increased glucose production, which may predispose the maternal mother to have an increase in blood glucose, or the possible production of disease processes of gestational diabetes, which also affects cognitive functions and energy level. Part of the side effect of pregnancy or postpartum changes in the endocrine system is just that what becomes the misbalance of endocrine functions and prolactin functions and dopamine functions among the many other changes that do happen. It is going to be impossible to stop any of these natural processes of hormones and endocrine functions that are going to occur during the pregnancy period because that's what the body needs to grow a newborn. However, providing anticipatory guidance and advanced directive in adapt and what would be adaptability, advanced Garrett, um, advanced directive, and any aspect of optimizing health into the inside and benefit will be more supportive to what would be the potential to help the mom avoid negative effects that can be at times induced in the brain due to what will be these hormonal changes. In other words, what you cannot control which is those hormones that get to be released because your body needs to release them to grow a healthy baby, you get to put in checks and minuses and balances to make sure you are able to have some aspect of optimization that supports your brain and body from decompensation. While the surge in prolactin, especially during pregnancy and nursing, is temporary, it can sometimes leave the brain and the body depleted and feeling hopeless and helpless, producing symptoms of depression and anxiety, among the many other biochemical and psychological changes it can assert on the expecting parents. So some of the basic approaches listed, listed I'm going to list soon, it's going to be one I get to say was support the female and hopefully help her prevent what would be developing symptoms of depression due to the global reduction of dopamine. 
A lot of us females, when we were pregnant, we get to joke about the pregnant brain. The pregnant brain was that brain that had just increased tiredness, fatigue, forgetfulness, lack of motivation to perform the simple task around the house, lack of potential to want to engage and be mobile or partake in exercise, and that includes just getting to an appointment or just being on time. The actual reality is the coined term pregnancy brain is actually a prolactin brain. This phenomenon directly reflects the changes within the brain chemistry and chemicals, including dopamine, which once naturally will allow you to have high-level cognitive and physical functions to occur naturally. However, due to hyperlactin in the brain, the brain is now exhibiting symptoms of dopamine depletion and inhibition. If you haven't learned much about dopamine, dopamine is that neurotransmitter that's responsible for many functions in the brain, including what would be cognitive functioning, executive functioning, movement, motivation, mood, and pleasure. There are many other aspects of functions that dopamine carries and controls. Here are going to be some of the symptoms that directly affects the pregnant and nursing mother that will predispose them to development of depression due to due to what will be low dopamine availability high prolactin increase in their bodies low dopamine levels have been linked to depression and that's one that's a known fact a lot of the individuals that we get to treat for what is mental health or depression in mental health present with symptoms of feeling sad, hopeless, and helpless. No motivation, no energy, poor interest in doing things that they once enjoyed. And that's a direct reflection of low dopamine within the brain space. Another function of dopamine is the fact that high dopamine is going to give you Increase in motivation, but low dopamine is going to make you feel lack of motivation. Dopamine is involved in regulating motivation and drive. Low dopamine levels are going to result in you having low motivation to engage in any activities that you once enjoyed. And that becomes the classic criteria as one of the factors that gives you a diagnosis of depression. Low dopamine levels can cause fatigue and lack of energy. This can make it difficult to complete tasks or even get out of bed in the morning. Low dopamine is going to predispose you to poor memory or working memory. Dopamine is involved in learning and memory retention. Low dopamine means you have an impairment in your memory makes it difficult for you to concentrate and focus. And working memory means what is your ability to, ability to hold on to information for a short period of time in order to use it for a task? Low dopamine levels will impair working memory, making remembering and using information difficult. You get to almost feel like that person that walks into the room and you walked in with so much energy looking for something and all of a sudden you step you stop dead in your tracks and you're like wondering why did I walk into this room? But it's not just once, it happens daily and multiple times and it will occur more times in the pregnancy because you are functioning with depleted levels of dopamine. 
Prolactin is going to actually impact how you walk, the smoothness of your work, or whether you are motivated to get up and move around. And that's one that does change a lot in pregnancy. The level of mobility of movements decreases significantly. Dopamine is also going to be responsible for your attention and focus. Low dopamine means you will struggle with attention and focus in any aspect of using what we call executive function. Low dopamine is also going to impair your decision making. Low dopamine has also been associated with what may be impulsive behaviors. And for pregnancy, this may come across you having to go shop for a whole lots of different things in planning for the baby and just preparing for what needs to happen for when the baby comes. And that may also be dri driven by low dopamine in your, in your bloodstream or in your brain. Low dopamine is also going to predispose you to cognitive inflexibility. It means just the difficulty of switching between tasks can be more difficult. And you might find yourself being frustrated when you stop on a task that you started and have to move to a new task. And it may be something, for some people, it may be normal, it's always been there. But if you are experiencing this with pregnancy, just understand part of your prolactin to carry a healthy baby and the depletion of your dopamine is predisposing you to just having difficulty switching between tasks. But that's okay because it's temporary and you can build measures and behaviors to kind of support yourself around these aspect of changes. Naturally, your body is made to protect you in any aspect of these misbalances in hormones and changes. And because of that, your body naturally has other healthy neurotransmitters that are circulating, giving you have proper nutrition to support you in preventing what is this counteracting effect it needs to do based on you having a depletion of dopamine during pregnancy. However, just understanding biochemical changes aids you in understanding how you, how not to quickly conclude that some of the symptoms you are feeling which feels like depressions and it sounds like depressions it sings like depression but it might be just a depletion in what is your dopamine storage and the reason for that is i get to see a lot of maternal parent patients back in the day and they present with what is low dopamine while they are nursing their babies, their nutrition is not optimized, their sleep is not optimized, and they do get to have a diagnosis of depression. But knowing about what are the changes your body is going to go through, it means you now are empowered to start to actively walk towards some of the measures I'm going to talk about soon and see if those support you in reducing what becomes you having to be diagnosed with depression. Even though your body feels like it's depressed, you get to understand this is some aspect of natural chemical changes in your brain. And part of this topic today is just to talk about what are some of the optimization and preventive measures that is going to involve you going back to basic that will support you during pregnancy and post-pregnancy to build what is resilience against what feels like depressive symptoms or potentially postpartum depression. There are many treatments out there 
for individuals that are not pregnant that would present with low dopamine. And none of those treatments are safe for a pregnant female or a nursing female. However, any aspect of true wellness or proper wellness comes with just management that's going to involve you looking at optimizing what is your building blocks, right? The ground that is the foundation for what the brain and the body needs to operate on and how do you solidify these building blocks to help manage low dopamine during pregnancy and postpartum. Solidifying what is the building blocks ensure that your body will have a healthy reserve to reach is the building house or the powerhouse to sustain you. In other words, optimizing your body to have what is a reservoir to support both you and the baby. And part of that is any aspect of a reservoir that's built is where resilience lies in. And part of the resilience gets to be preventing you from activating different disease processes. So I'm going to talk about some of the tips that you can use during pregnancy and post-pregnancy to help your body sustain what is this journey that takes nine months and sometimes longer because the babies will need to adjust to sleep before you get a proper sleep and that way you get to have some aspect of resilience planning for what are months and months of time where your brain may not be able to get the proper rest and sleep and proper nutrition per se. And some of these may apply to you all and some may not apply because not everything matches every person. Not everybody has some of what I'm going to mention, but if you're able to tap into one and two, that's still aspect of wellness you're able to tap into. So tip number one gets to be if you have family or friends, you want to tap into family and friends support during pregnancy and post-pregnancy. If you're blessed to have a family support, this will help you in any aspect of the significant reduction in energy that you get to experience in early pregnancy. An aspect of lack of sleep in early pregnancy and throughout the whole pregnancy and postpartum. If you do not have family and friends, other options can be if you are able to support having respite care. Respite care is a care that comes in and allow you to have time to yourself, time to sleep, especially for moms that may have other young kids. Time for you to take care of yourself and the person comes and help you so you can take time and be able to do some of these basic measures to support your brain and body health. Proper sleep. Proper sleep and hygiene is a must and it's not afforded to most people. We talk about these aspects of changes to happen, but we can say it. It's Until we get to live your life and walk in your shoe, we are not going to know that you have to balance other things at home that makes it impossible to sleep. Keep in mind, non-pregnant females and males will develop anxiety, depression, mood, psychosis in the absence of sleep. The same will occur for a pregnant and postpartum mom. She is carrying what is the cellular demand of two human lives and any aspect of improper sleep or poor sleep is going to predispose her to activating what is psychosis and depression and anxiety. 
And keep in mind, most people come into their pregnancy with sleep deficits. And imagine coming into your pregnancy with sleep deficits, but now you have a journey of another nine months long of pregnancy and then postpartum. All of that is an accumulative effect. So we do get to see a lot of postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And sometimes it's contributed to the fact that the body was already on a deficit coming into the pregnancy. Sleep is going to support what is the healthy development of your hypothalamus to help support you and the baby. Exercise. This is a difficult one for most pregnant females because you're tired and you drain of energy. However, having to combat that tiredness actually involves you having to exercise. Sounds funny, but that's the truth. Post-exercise actually gives you more energy. Try to walk about 15 to 30 minutes daily to support what is going to be you feeding your brain increased oxygenation. This is also going to produce a side effect of giving you healthy neurotransmitters and hormones that is going to counteract or offset the depletion of dopamine. So we're talking exercise is going to have you produce norepinephrine. This is one that gives you energy. It's going to give you endorphins. This is one that makes you feel euphoric and feel great. Serotonin, decrease what is that potential to activate depression and anxiety. And GABA decreases what feels like anxious thinking and allows your brain to feel calmer. Any aspect of exercise you're able to tap into will be beneficial for you and the child or the infant or the fetus. Breeding. Breathing is so important. Part of pregnancy is your body goes through physiology change or physiolic change. Your body goes through a lot of physical change. As the baby grows, it pushes up your diaphragms. It pushes up what is that lung space. It occupies that lung space. And naturally, a lot of us are walking around not breathing correctly. And part of that means our brain is a little bit acidic and our blood is a little bit acidic, which means we may be prone to developing different disease process. Breathing improves what is your brain acid base balance. Breathing increases your oxygenation, which is the powerhouse that supports you during pregnancy. Pregnancy is a very high oxygenation demand state. The cells of the baby is multiplying rapidly and part of that replication is your mitochondria and the baby's mitochondria is actually needing high oxygen, good oxygen to produce correctly and make the transcription correctly. And any aspect of not breathing correctly predispose your brain and the baby to what is a state of acidosis. It's mild, but it does produce different disease processes. So any aspect of breeding is going to support the brain for you and the baby, as well as what becomes the health of the baby's cells themselves. Meditation. We have lots of studies that shows the importance of meditation. Meditations have been known to improve what is that new cell development within the brain. But meditation also improves what is your limbic and your amygdala. Both are emotional centers that connects to yourself. 
and if you're practicing meditation while you are with a baby it means you get to connect to your in your fetus per se linking to yourself assessing your emotions will allow you to have a better insight into how you get to process your emotions and decrease what becomes that stress hormones produced which will be produced during stress it also helps what becomes you bringing your biochemical and psychological mental processing into one nutrition nutrition is one that has a high level of importance when it comes to pregnancy Optimizing your nutrition is one of the key aspects of allowing you to tolerate stress and build resilience. For a pregnant mom, some of the key nutrients are going to be foods that are high in folate and vitamin D, omega, EPA, and DHA, natural iron, magnesium, niacin, and there's few other supplemental nutritions that needs to be optimized. If you are unable to ingest these nutrients naturally by by foods then supplementation is a must all of these are building blocks for your cells and the baby's cells and all of these being depleted in your body actually will predispose your baby to be born with different genetic dysfunctions or different disease processes a lot of us when we start pregnancy we start a pregnancy on the body that's already deficient of different nutrients if your body is already deficient in, in nutrients, it means by the time you're pregnant, you are the direct food source for your baby. So you now get to produce a deficient state for the fetus. And any aspect of deficiency in your nutrients means the fetus is going to have building blocks that are not lining up correctly. And that means different disease processes being produced within the baby. Supplementation is very important, if not by food, but by supplements. During pregnancy, your body is the primary storage of food for the growing fetus. And part of that is every food you eat produces amino acids. Every amino acid is a building blocks for genetic coding for your baby. And any aspect of lack of nutrition will produce a disorder in the child. Pregnancy is a beautiful time for a female. And it should be. However, a lot of us do approach pregnancy without much insight into what are the changes that are happening or how we can optimize our bodies or understand what may be a lot of the chemical neuroendocrine reproductive hormonal changes that are happening. Part of preparation for a baby in our bodies means we learn how to yield, adopt, and accommodate what is this growing change and that allows us to have a successful practice, uh, successful pregnancy and postpartum free of activating what feels like depression during pregnancy or depression postpartum. Thank you for listening. If you are experiencing high level of stress which can cause brain inflammation, please seek early preventive coaching and treatment as this can prevent what becomes brain remodeling and inflammation due to chronic stress. If you know of an individual that's experiencing high stress or mental illness, share this podcast with them. It may motivate them to seek early help in preventing brain inflammation associated with lack of treatment. 
Also, feel free to visit me at limbic.live for lots of different posts and blog posts. Also, join me in Limbic Community on Facebook. I value any aspect of your insight and your feedback. I would like to hear what are some of the things that you heard today that kind of cause you to stop on your track and want to learn more. And any aspect of your feedback is uh, appreciated as such. I would love to improve what is this podcast for you, my listeners. And I welcome every insight and feedback on how I can improve it for you all. Thank you again for listening and have a wonderful day.